Hey everybody, thanks for stopping in and welcome to Rowdy Dragon's Fantasy Sportsbook. I am, of course, Rowdy Dragon, one of the resident fantasy experts over here at tobychristie.com. And I'll be here every week with some featured head-to-head -head matchups and I'll break them down to help you decide who you like. I'm over here crunching the numbers so you don't have to. We all know how time-consuming that can be, so let the dragon do the agonizing for you, whether you're playing just for fun or betting the odds. Speaking of odds, I'll also find your favorite driver odds and let you know just where to find them. I'll also look at some potentially good long shot driver odds and I'll cap it off with my favorite picks for the featured matchups and give you my favorite for the win. All right, thanks for stopping in. I really appreciate all of you stopping by to have a listen to Rowdy Dragon's NASCAR Fantasy Sportsbook this week. Let's take a look at the head-to-heads and see how they've got them stacked up for this week. We've got the 11 car of Denny Hamlin going up against the 5 car of Kyle Larson. The 23 of Bubba Wallace going against the 4 of Kevin Harvick. The 45 in Tyler Reddick going up against the 20 car in Christopher Bell. And lastly, the 1 car Ross Chastain going up against the 22 Joey Logano. All playoff teams. Okay, back to the top. Let's take a look at the career stats and see how they match up. Denny Hamlin's got 30 races run at the track. He's got 12 top 5 finishes, finishing up there in 40% of his runs. He's got 13 top 10 finishes, finishing in the top 10 in 43.3% of his runs. Then he has 2 DNFs, 383 laps led, averaging up to 12.767 laps led per race, and an average finish of 12.9. Denny has or wins at the track, winning in over 13.3% of his races. Kyle Larson's got 17 races run at the track, six of those being top fives, finishing up there in 35.29% of his runs. He's got nine top tens, finishing in the top 10 in 52.94% of his runs. Kyle has two DNFs, that's 12% of his races, and 540 laps led puts him at an average of 31.765 laps led per race, and his average finish is 13.5. Kyle does have one win at the track. Okay, we'll take a look at some comparable tracks and check out their average finish position and average driver rating. So I think I'll do things a little differently again this week. Generally speaking, I'm simplifying things. I'm only gonna look at the primary tracks for comparison while still using the next-gen data. Now, comparable tracks are Michigan, Las Vegas, those being the primary. And if you want to continue researching, Auto Club, Charlotte, Homestead, and Texas also hold some value. But since I've been having my ass handed to me over the last couple of weeks, I'm thinking maybe I'm overthinking things. So let's simplify it and see what happens this week. So we're looking at Michigan and Las Vegas and, of course, Kansas. Now we've got three races at Kansas to look at. Kansas in the spring and the fall of last season. And, of course, this season in the spring. We've got Michigan to look at from last season as well as the race we ran a couple weeks back and Las Vegas back in the spring of 22 and the fall of 22 as well as the spring race here in the 23 season and that puts us at eight different tracks to average out so that being said the average finish position when worked up puts Denny Hamlin at 7.63 and Kyle Larson comes in real close here at 7.88 Looking at their average driver ratings puts Denny at a 107.64 and Kyle Larson a 102.38. Now right off the get-go, we have the toughest match of the week here. These two finished 1-2 in the last race here, and again, this should be another epic battle. 
I'm not going to go into any Luke data stats as Denny owned all in the last race and as far as its speed rankings on high speed one and a half milers as well as the speed rankings from the last race all have Denny edging out Larson just like the numbers on this matchup ever so slightly. Practice will be important this week to see who puts up better numbers but for now I have to trust in the numbers here and go with the 11 as Rowdy's pick. Alright our second match has the 23 car Bubba Wallace going up against the 4 car of Kevin Harvick. Bubba has 11 races run at the track with two top five finishes finishing 18.18% of his races up there. He's got three top 10 finishes, finishing in 27.27% of his races up in the top 10. He's got two DNFs, which averages out to 18% of his runs. Bubba does have a handful of laps led at 69, averaging out to 6.27 laps led per race. His average finish at the track is 20.3. He does have one win. Kevin Harvick, he has 35 races run at the track, 12 top five finishes, have him finishing in 34.29% of his runs up there. 19 top 10 finishes have him finishing in the top 10 in 54.29% of his runs. Kevin has two DNFs at the track, that's only 6%, and he has 949 laps led, averaging out to 27.114 laps led per race. And his average finish at the track is the highest of all active drivers at 9.9. .9. He has three wins at the track, winning in over 8.5% of his runs. Now looking at the comparable tracks, Kansas, 23, 22 Fall and Spring, Michigan, 22 and 23, and Las Vegas, 23 and both races in the 22 season. As Bubba Wallace's average finish position at 12.5, Kevin Harvick comes up with 13, real close there. Bubba's average driver rating comes up to 96.89, Harvick comes up with 81. So going over the loop data on this track in the spring race has Bubba outdoing Harvick on every list except quality passes. Harvick had more quality passes as he was mired back in traffic for the latter part of that race. He did manage to stay in the top 15 for 93.6% of that race, but Bubba outshined him staying up in the top 15 for 97.4% of the race. On the speed heat chart for the last run, Bubba ranked P4, Harvick comes in 13th, and on the high speed rankings heat chart, which includes Las Vegas, Kansas, Charlotte, and Michigan. Again, Bubba comes out ahead ranking fifth to Harvick's ranking of 13th. So once again, I must trust in the numbers and it seems counterintuitive, but I have to pencil in the 23 car until I can see any practice. Harvick doesn't usually put up the best practice numbers, so if he should, my thinking may change. But until then, the 23 car, Bubba Wallace, gets Rowdy's pick. Okay, our third matchup has the 45 car of Tyler Reddick going up against the 20 Christopher Bell. Reddick has eight races run at the track, no top five finishes, and three top 10 finishes puts him up there in the top 10 in 37.5% of his runs. He has one DNF over those eight races that puts him up there in 13% of his runs. He has 91 laps led per race, averaging out to 11.375 laps led per race, and Tyler's average finish at the track is 18.8 still looking for his first win. Christopher Bell has seven races run at the track, two of those being top fives, finishing up there in 28.57% of his runs. Four top 10 finishes puts him up there in 57.14% of his races. He has one DNF, that is 14%, and 52 laps led, averaging up to 7.42 laps led per race. C. Bell's average finish at the track is 16.1. He too is looking for his first win. 
All right, taking a look at the comp track averages puts Tyler Reddick at a average finish position of 20.13. Seabell comes up with 16.50. Reddick's average driver rating turned out to a 89.93 and Bell comes up to a 93.24. Pretty close here on that one, Bell being the better of the two. Now the last race here in the spring had Reddick outrunning the 20 car in all loop data stats. Bell finished P36, racking out. In the fall and the spring of the 22 season, Bell averaged P4 finish at the track. Reddick had two bad finishes of P35 and 30th, also wrecking out in the fall race. That being said, the 20 car also did not finish the Vegas race in the fall due to damaged vehicle policy, yet his average finish and driver ratings on the comp list outdo the 45 car. Looking into the speed rankings from the last run here, although Bell finished P36, his total speed ranking was P5, Reddick P10. On the high-speed intermediates this season, Reddick has an average speed rank of 8.75, just a slim margin better than Bell at 9.5. Again, practice will play a role in this match, but as it stands, the 20 car looks better all around, so Rowdy's pick, see Bell. Okay, taking a look at our final matchup for the week, the one-car Ross Chastain versus the 22-car Joey Logano. Ross has nine races run at the track, with one top five finish, averaging 11.11% of his runs up in the top five. Three top 10 finishes, finishing one third of his races up there in the top 10. He has one DNF, that is 11%. And Ross has led a handful of laps at eight. His average finish at the track is 18.8. No finishes in his win column yet. Joey Logano has 28 races run at the track. Eight of those being top five, finishing up in the top five in 28.57% of his runs. And 11 top 10 finishes has him finishing in the top 10 in 39.29% of his races. Joey has four DNFs at the track, that being 14%, and has led 510 laps over his career, averaging out to 18.214 laps led per race. His average finish at the track is 16.7. Joey has won there three times. Now taking a look at the comp tracks, Ross Chastain's average finish position comes up to an 8.38, Joey 13.63. Chastain's driver rating comes up to 106.85, Logano 87.65. So here we have a pretty big discrepancy and the comp tracks clearly favor the one car. Looking into the loop data from the spring also has Chastain leading every category except laps led and the 22 only had eight to the one car's three laps led. Otherwise, like I said, everything favors Chastain here. Looking at the total speed ranking from the spring also shows Ross ahead in P7, Logano ranks P15. And on the high-speed intermediates heat chart, Chastain shows more speed, ranking in P12, Logano coming up in the 18th spot. For this match, I again will go with the numbers unless practice makes me change my mind. Rowdy's pick, the one car of Ross Chastain. All right, here we come to the point of the show where we take a look at Rowdy's season average. And as I mentioned earlier, I got my ass handed to me again this week. Only coming up with 10 points out of 40 in 27 weeks. Total points possible is 1080, currently sitting at 610, dropping me down to 56%. Ouch. All right, moving on to the sports books. Let's take a look and see how they have the top 10 ranked. And we'll take a look and see if there's any value in there. And then we'll take a look at a couple long shots and my win pick for the week. So looking at what the casinos have going on, they've got Denny Hamlin ranked on top. 
He's listed at plus 500. That's 5 to 1 at BetMGM, BetRivers, Barstool, and Bet365. Kyle Larson comes in P2 at plus 600 at BetMGM and BetRivers. Next, you've got Martin Truex Jr. He is also listed at 6 to 1 at BetMGM, BetRivers, and Bet365. Willie B comes up next, plus 750 at DraftKings, Caesars, and Barstool. Tyler Reddick comes in at 10 to 1 at BetMGM and BetMGM only. C. Bell comes in at plus 1,000, also 10 to 1 at BetMGM, BetRivers, and Barstool. Bubba Wallace is next, plus 1,400, only at BetMGM. Kyle Busch is listed at plus 1,800, only at BetRivers. Next, you've got Ross Chastain, also listed for 18 to 1, only at BetRivers as well. Chris Buescher, also listed at 18 to 1, only at BetMGM. Now, as far as the top 10 in values, I think the books may be a little long on the 8 car due to his bad finish back in the spring this season, as well as the not-so-stellar finish back in the fall. Kyle has 5 stage wins in 2 seconds, and his stage point gap only has 5 holes out of 26 races. He knows how to get to the front and stay there. Get Kyle before he goes back down to his opening numbers of 15 to 1. Other than that, nothing else really jumps out at me for this race. It will come down to the veteran racers, and the cream is starting to rise to the top now. All right, moving on, taking a look at a couple of long shots. Austin Dillon, he's cracked the top 10 six times over his career out of 20 races. His loop data stats have him averaging around 15th, but he did have some speed late in a run, which is how he found himself up in the 10th spot to finish up the race. If he could reproduce his finish, it could pay off to the tune of plus 700 for a top 10. I'd say he's a solid lock for a top 15, but there aren't any wages for that, so we're reaching and hoping for some payout. His outright is listed at 300 to 1, if you're into losing a few bucks on a serious long shot. Alright, Ty Gibbs is also a good long shot driver for this race. He's had back-to-back finishes of 34th, having issues with DNFs. But he showed decent speed in his loop data by the way of his 13th place average running position, and he had the 9th best driver rating on the day. Gibbs had good short run speed shown in his restarts being 3rd best. He ranked 4th in green flag speed, and in total speed rankings, Gibbs is listed 6th. He can get the job done. For a top 10, you can pick him up for plus 160, and his outright currently sits at plus 3,500. Alright, looking at Rowdy's winner-winner pick for the week, Denny Hamlin let one slip through his fingers last week. Rather, the team miffed on that one. He'll have to be just as good this week, and his data suggests that he just may be. Over his last four finishes at the track, his average finish is 3.0. Very similar to the last week. He's got three wins in eight races, with a crazy good average driver rating of 114.9 during that period. I'm looking for the 11 to punch his ticket into the next round on Sunday. Alright folks, that about does it over here for this week but before i head out i want to invite you over to listen to another great nascar podcast called the final lap weekly you've got carrie murphy and toby christie out there giving you all things nascar and of course a little more rowdy dragon over there covering the fantasy side of the show come on over to tobychristie.com and click on the podcast tab or it can be found at thefinallap.com also by clicking on the podcast tab all right folks that covers it over here for this week I bid you all good luck this week at Kansas. After all, it is the Hollywood Casino 400. I'll be back with some more of this good stuff next week. We'll see you then.